now you could solve those intricacies and, and you could have that data available and the AI can actually give you that information and say, look, bottleneck is here. How were my sales yesterday? Where was the gap? What was the problem? And the answer just came back. Correct. That application is monumental. Whatever the platform, service, tool, whatever it is, is it driving more revenue or traffic to my business? I see the benefit of investing energy into that experience because it's, it's paying forward. Welcome to another episode of Tech Bytes, where we always try to bring a first perspective to solve your common challenges. Thin margins, high free costs, labor challenges, technology as a whole, and everything in between. Today is no exception. We brought in some well-known leaders from the restaurant industry around the same table to have a conversation in order to address some of these common challenges. Since we're here in Texas and we were able to record this at the Cowboys headquarters, we decided why not? We called it the Cowboys series. We believe that the content will be valuable and we hope that you can take it back, implement it in your own restaurant, elevate your customer experience, and therefore increase your profitability within your business. Thank you for tuning in and enjoy the content. So let's get into this whole AI thing. Uh, I want to I wanna talk a little bit about that. I think, you know, this whole data stuff, having access to that information is going to be critical. Uh, I'm listening to a lot of these different podcasts and, and shows, uh, one in particular that actually highlighted and said, look, the winners are not going to be those who master the technology. It's going to be the, it'll be the ones who have the data. So let's kind of, where do you guys see that going? Where do you see the shift in, in technology within the restaurant space? And now what's going to happen with this? There's a lot of potential. In fact, like even actually going back to your earlier point, like sometimes you just don't get it and you don't understand it and it's too complicated, too cumbersome. And you just kind of throw your hands up in the air and be like, ah, can't, can't deal with it, right? But now with this whole shift, it's going to make a huge impact. So Back to also your point, Wade, where you said the, the smaller chains are going to be losing. Well, they're the ones who don't have the data. So what, what will be the impact of how much of a gap is that going to create or further that gap between those who understand the data, have the budget, have the money to spend it on tech versus everybody else? Yeah, I mean, I, I think from an AI perspective, it's about really application of AI. I think there's a lot, I mean, the restaurant industry is probably most notorious about this. Is people catch on to buzz terms and you walk into a, a, sh a trade show and everybody's talking about yeah. whatever the, the yeah. buzz term is, even if they have no idea what they're talking about, right, right? right? First it was CRM and then it was CDP and then it was, I mean, we can go back and there's yeah. a million terms. Yeah. Yeah. BI, yeah. business BI, intelligence, intelligence, yeah, yeah. yeah. enterprise AI. BI. And now it's AI. And everybody's AI and, and chat GPT, blah, blah, blah. I think the reality is, is, 99.999% of us don't really understand how this all actually comes together and works. 
But I, but uh, what I do understand in my very simple mind is there's certain applications in the restaurant space where AI can really materialize and change your business, uh-huh. right? And for the small players, I wouldn't worry about and and the, and the restaurateurs, I wouldn't worry about not having all the data. They got enough data mm-hmm. that you could unleash an AI solution that could help you with reporting. Mm-hmm. I mean, a great example, yeah. right? Malago plays in this space, and we're, we're, we're utilizing this type type of technology um, that's coming along, which is. Rather than trying to spin your own BI reports mm-hmm. and create a query in Tableau mm-hmm. or create a Domo card or go do something in Power BI, what if you could just type it or ask it? Right? Yep. And it can we deliver just the did metrics that. that you need for the PowerPoint presentation that you have yeah. to deliver to the CEO in a two and in two yeah. and a half hours. That could change, or as a restaurant manager, I could just look down and say, How were my sales yesterday? Yeah. Where was the gap? What was the problem? Mm-hmm. And the answer just came back. Correct. That application is monumental. That's right. right. That'll change the way you operate a business because you can spend more time on solving the problem than trying to find where the problem exists. Is. Yeah. And it's actually funny because that's where we started. Literally, we did that at NRA and we just built, trained it on what were my sales last month. Uh, here's our sales, you know, it was 15,000. It was up 7% from previous month. Uh, and then compare that sales, the, the, what, what were my top selling categories? You know, what were my top selling items? And yeah, just kind of respond back and forth and say, hey, give me this information. And funny enough, you know, three months ago, we spent a ton of time and we actually built it. We built this whole custom reporting tool that you go in and you select everything, all the metrics. So we gave customer access to literally the database essentially saying pick your metrics pick your time frame your stores your uh whatever you want and then hit the button and they'll generate the report and now with this whole ai it just kind of it defeats the purpose because you could just type it in it's totally off topic not totally off topic but it's funny you you guys signed on uh uh watchers okay so there's a part where Kramer picks up the phone. He, he gets the, the movie phone. He's calling his personal phone. And movie phone was a, oh, yeah. was a service where you dial right. in what movie you were going to watch and you push A to see if it was you know, Die Hard or whatever. So there's this whole episode where he's trying to figure out when people are calling and he just answers the phone. But the point of that was at one point he says that the person's on the other end is trying to dial in these numbers for him to figure out what movie they should see. And he can't. he doesn't know what the dial tone means, so he just says, why don't you just tell me the movie you're oh, trying to yeah. Right? yeah. It's a little bit like AI. Right. right. I can try to guess every single metric way I'm going to spin it. Most of the regular humans in us are just like, why don't you just tell me what you're Yeah, exactly. Right? <laughs> yeah. And if the system could deliver that, yeah. right. that, is, that is game changing. And I think yeah. that's where AI is going to really make an impact. I agree. I think we're almost there. You know, again, we're, we're right now we're training it on a back end. We're training it for things to... And for, for how things are, what things mean, and let it make its decision, right? So now what you could ask it, what were, and what were my sales? You know, how did it compare to last week, last month? And literally just ask it or give me the PMIX report for this, for this location, for this time period, and they'll just give it to you in a matter of seconds, right? You don't have to, and you don't need an IT person to go and generate that report. Or worse yet, export the data, and do it in Excel using pivot tables. <laughs> so just imagine that. Very common. Yeah. yeah. I said, there's there's another application on AI that I think is pretty interesting, which is um, responding to guests in mm. the digital realm. That's amazing. Yeah. yeah. Um, and you got to be careful with this too, because you don't want it to feel uh, non-human or non-caring. Right. So I think there's always got to be an element of humans um, 
controlling the situation, or even if AI, um, you know, it, I'll get to the next one, but, but, but controlling that situation a little bit so you're aware of the sentiment that's happening and the frustrations that are mm -hmm. happening so you can operationalize that. But nobody has the time to respond to a thousand yeah. negative reviews and, fi and thank 5,000 positive reviews. Right. It's a waste of time. Right. And, we, and it's not a waste of time in the sense that it makes the guests feel like they're heard. It is a waste of time to deploy somebody to do that. So if a machine could do that in the right tonality and the correct things, mm -hmm. but you could get a report of the general buckets of problems that you need to solve in order to not have, you know, Sally have the same problem next time she comes. AI is super powerful mm -hmm. in that aspect. I yeah. think drive-through AI is interesting in the sense that I'm not sure I would go all the way to the bright of taking the human out of the drive-through element but maybe having a human monitor and speak while it's being built on the POS as it comes through, an AI actually capturing the voice and, and putting it directly into the POS system, and then a human there either to edit or audit, but still have that personal touch. Sure. That's massively, because you're not typing in the POS, you're not fat fingering the problem, your team members are not turn over, you don't have to retrain on the POS, right? There's something there that, that the companies that are thinking about this from an AI perspective are gonna be ahead of the game, right? And and, and that's where I think it's going to make the biggest impact in the restaurant industry. I think it's even more powerful if that interaction, that experience, is then properly translated across other channels of engagement. Then it becomes even more powerful when you, when you know that and you can see that. Yeah. I think that's, that's when we talk about the X factor, or the, you know, the force multiplier, is that, yes, that's one interaction. But if that, that experience is now translated through that data to other channels of engagement, Maybe the next time you go in or you're ordering, you know, through a digital channel, then that becomes truly powerful. And as a, as a consumer, I see the benefit of investing energy into that experience because it's, it's paying forward. I think the key metric, like where we're pushing and where we're trying to go, and obviously we all have active roles in this and driving this forward today, but just having all the data there to like today i don't think anyone in this space can do this you know how long the customer waited in line you know how long it took the server to take the first order the drink order you know how long it took the server to actually take the food order you know how long it took the kitchen to prep that food and to get it to the customer table and then you know how long it took the customer to pay for the check from the time that the bill was printed so imagine you could, now you could solve those intricacies and, and you could have that data available and the AI can actually give you that information and say, look, bottleneck is here, go fix it, right? And here are three ways to fix it. Yeah, it helps you make things more efficient. And you know, what, Correct. You know, many items may take too long that need some enhancing or you start to provide more education to team members on what this, usually, what this problem usually means and how you can overcome it by trying you know, the following tactics. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But, I also want to call out that we need to understand and differentiate between information that helps with personalization mm -hmm. and information with the help of computer logic that's going to be complementary, yeah. providing insights that you would have had to figure out for yourself. Correct. Those are two different experiences, and I think a lot of um, platform systems out there, that they're providing, you know, personalization, mm -hmm. e-commerce personalization in the restaurant industry that was happening 20 years ago that's now catching up and mixing that up and calling that AI to, um, to what the example use case that you're uh, referring to earlier is just, hey, I'm having this problem. 
here's some relevant information, please, you know. Just fix it. I don't care how you. Dig into your database of information and tell me where I should look, how I should solve it. That's purely intelligence. Um, and I think that's, that's got operational improvement impacts and certainly from the guest experience. Uh, and it's all going to get better and better and better. Um, but what I found in terms of nomenclature and buzzwords, um, you know, Apple just had their recent, you know, um, I guess dev developer conference and every single company out there is talking about AI, AI, AI. Not once in anything that they presented did they mention AI. So I think that's something that we need to learn is that uh, it's like CDP, you know. Right, right. What does that mean, right? So humanizing the experience and, and talking to the, the, the human benefits or the experiences is far more valuable and connects the dot better than some us, acronym. some acronym yeah. that yeah. we're using it because everyone else is using it. Right. So. I think there was this other cartoon that says, I don't care how you get it done, just get it done, <laughs> right? <laughs> I don't remember which cartoon it was from, but like, it's like, I don't care how you get it done, just get it done. Yeah, yeah, and exactly. I think that's the mentality is how do we get it done? How do we make that happen? And how, again, ultimately, yeah, I agree. It's the benefit. It's, it's the benefit that you provide and it needs to be focused on that because who cares about the underlying technology? So last topic, uh, where do you see this going? Like, where is everything going? Well, maybe we'll touch base on a little bit on the restaurant industry as a whole. And then let's kind of circle back on how we're going to play a role. Uh, we've got a huge ambitions. We, we're trying to change an industry. We're trying to focus on that customer, elevate that experience, make the life of that restaurant owner, the restaurateur, a lot more uh, stress, less stress, stress-free, et cetera. So, uh, Open yeah, to discussion. I'll tell you where it's not going. It's not going to vendor and supplier partners charging your guests. Oh, that, well, that's, that's true. Going. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, I, I think there's, there's been some stuff that's happened in the industry uh, recently that is not what I think is, one, I think it's not sustainable. And two, I think it's actually setting a very dangerous precedence. Coming from the restaurant tour side of the business and running, you know, and being a part of an organization that ran 13, 1,500 restaurants, um, across the world, my partners are critical for my success. Without them, I cannot right. succeed. My guests are critical for my success. Without them, I cannot succeed. But the two worlds don't necessarily collide, right? And I don't have my guests calling my supplier partners and I don't have my supplier partners charging my guests. And so once that happens, it, it gets in a really sticky place. And we've had some events that happened in the last couple of weeks that I think is a dangerous precedent. Right? I just don't think it's a place where as a restaurant company, I would be comfortable uh, working with a, a, a supplier partner who is charging my guests for a service without my knowledge or understanding or permission, to be frank. It's, I'm going to take it one step further. It's not dangerous. It's, it's wrong. Yeah, it's wrong. Yeah. Right? They shouldn't be doing that, period. So actually, so more you and I are on the technology side. These two guys are on the <laughs> other side. So obviously, Wade's taking a huge and strong stand that you just can't do that. And I agree. As a technology provider, right. yeah, for me, it's a partnership between you and I, the restaurateur and us. I can't bypass you and say, you know what? There's a lot more money to be made over there. I'm going to go after your customers and I'm going to take them away from you. I just, yeah, I think that's absolutely wrong and no technology company should go there but what's your take Kendall? It's just, it's just wrong and I start to think about what 
some of the excuses are going to be now to guess. What are they going to hear from certain people who are frustrated? Are they going to start pointing the finger directly to them and say, oh, sorry, that's that's between you and that vendor. Oh, right. Like, it just creates a whole different, I guess, I guess disconnect. Point. Yeah, it's a oh, yeah. point now of, like, who owns this problem? Who owns the issue? Who owns how I feel about this charge, right? And now it's just creating some, I guess, messy waters of how to handle a guest when there is an issue. And who owns the guest? Right. I mean, that's effectively right. what's now yeah. come up as restaurant. Yeah. Mr. Restaurant, you don't own your guest. I have a right to charge them. I mean, if, if we were talking about a different industry, automotive, and we hired a company to build the headlights for our automotive, our vehicle, and we mm-hmm. sold it to our guests, and every time a guest turned on the lights, mm-hmm. the light company charged. Yeah, for ele- electric use right, or right, something. Right. Well, after they've already paid for it, it seems yeah. a little bit outrageous. Yeah. yeah. But we put it in the restaurant context, and somehow there are people who think that's okay. Right. Yeah. And I, I think... If it hasn't been the backlash yet, I think you're going to be at a pretty aggressive yeah. backlash from, you know, the small players I feel bad for because they're kind of stuck. Exactly. Yeah. That's exactly what I was thinking. Like yeah. And the reason that they're on that platform is because they couldn't afford to play another platform potentially. And so they're taking right. that one for free from the current provider. Right. Right. So I don't know, man. I, I, I love yeah. the position of that you guys are aligned. Like it's wrong, it's dangerous, it shouldn't be done. It sets a, a wrong precedent because that's not the world we live in. We we have the right to work with the restaurant companies, but they own their guests. Correct. Right. Yeah, right. I agree. And then I think it it also goes back to that customer information. If you had your customer information, if you if you weren't just focusing on that acquisition and not focus on building your internal customers, the KYC, know your customers, etc. It perhaps wouldn't put you in that hot seat in that position as well. But yeah, and I think that's something that we'll never ever even consider no matter what the financial gains would be because again, just morally, it just doesn't make sense to these restaurateurs are already working their butt off and they're they're dealing with that thin margin, the high food cost problem, the labor issues, the uh, rising cost of everything else around it. And now you've got somebody, a third party coming in saying, hey, you know what, we, we like a piece of that. And it's like, well. And what happens if they raise that? Oh yeah, what I am. Now the, the, the consumer, the guest is gonna look at you and say, you keep raising your prices off me. Correct. It's become more expensive for me to dine here, but it's not necessarily all on the restaurant right. now. Right. But to me, it, as a, as, a, as a restaurateur, and, and let's say I may use or may not use that online ordering experience is the, the message the company is setting, right. and what are they going to do next? Like, right. you know. Yeah, where is the bound? At, at the end of the day, if, if they're back the against the wall and they need to survive as a company, it's like, okay, where else are they going right. to look for to scrape a few dollars to, to, to make things, you know. Happy, so yeah. I just this reared its head in a different format inside of restaurants that had tablets on the table, like the Prestos, the Ziosks, the, these different gaming mm-hmm. tablets. There was a gaming charge that was happening, and um, I remember dealing with this when I was with that Brinker brand, where some of these companies wanted to raise that price continually. And what we knew is that the guest check had basically the elasticity of a guest was about 2% on yeah. the price. So if it went up 3.5%, and this is pre-COVID, right, before the deflation stuff that happened in that market, we would lose a guest. Mm-hmm. So if this gaming company decided, well, we're going to raise the gaming prices to $2.99, they just raised it a buck yep. on whoever's playing, and that just adds to the check, which could be the tipping point for a guest not to come back. Yeah. It's not yeah. their right. It's like that we had to get in front of that and say, we're going to control those gaming pricing 
if we're going to do anything, we'll have a revenue share and we'll figure out what that looks like. But we're not going to just allow that to happen um, and impact the guests because the guests will come back and say, well, I can't afford your restaurant. When in reality, they could. Yeah. They were just getting hit with service charges from our supplier. Yeah, just right. external charges that added up to the check, which then increased the, the price. And obviously, the customers stopped coming in because they thought or they perceived that the the restaurant is too expensive. They can't afford it. Yeah, yeah. looking at the bottom line. Yeah, exactly. Take that family out. Yep. Whoa, that's more than I can afford. Right. Yeah. So whatever the cost is, the service charges, the tip, da da da. I agree. The taxes. It's like I spend fifty bucks, right? Yeah. Amazing. So uh, let's kind of close that circle now, and we've, we're all taking an active role here. We wanna we wanna see through. We wanna help these restaurateurs. Uh, any ideas on where they can start? And where is the, what's the first step? So if you own the restaurant, where would you start first step and where would you go? So I'll let you guys, Wade and Kendall, you guys go first because you've been there, you've been on the other side. Now you're an executive VP, you went from 1,600 locations to 100, which is still a lot, but it's not 1,600. So the challenges are different. Yeah. Uh, where, where do you start? Where do you, where are you gonna make an impact now and start preparing for the future? Um, I mean, I think the thing that I take away through all of this is making sure, why I start with the right suppliers. <clears throat> I start with the right partner suppliers to build the infrastructure and need to success. And that's what I'm most excited now about the current uh, executive vice president role that I have at, 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 uh, at Costa Vida is it's a little bit of a blank slate. So I'm going to do it the right way instead of a 40-year legacy of multiple technologies cobbled together for the sake of tech that you know we had to kind of rip and replace over time. I'm just going to get the right stack in place, and I'm, I'm going to use it as a means to identify my guests and draw success on, on the retention side. It's not, that com it's not that complex. That's really what it comes down to. And picking the right partners is everything. And if I have the right partner to help me that can do multiple facets – to accomplish that task, I'm going to pick that part. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I would just summarize and say I would look at everything to ensure that where I'm investing today, whatever the platform, service, tool, whatever it is, is it driving more revenue or traffic to my business? And Or can it, at least? Or can it drive more revenue or traffic to my business? Because that's what we should be investing in today. If it's, Don't get me wrong. There's some things that have to just be an expense just to kind of keep the lights on. But sure. past that, where are you investing your you know, available funds today? And is it going towards traffic or revenue driving? If it's not, I'd reevaluate that. I agree. I think technology has got to become a return on investment. If it doesn't drive return on investment, you should not be investing in it. Like right. there, right. there is no reason. And you know, I just wrote an article that it just actually clicked that don't make a mistake of thinking that your restaurant is not a business. It is a business. Mm -hmm. So you're there. You can't. It's a you can't consider it a nonprofit and just say, hey, I'm doing it because I love it, because this, that. Yes, those may be true, but you right. still have to turn a profit because you have to pay your landlord. Your landlord's not gonna take free food, right? Mm -hmm. It's like, hey, here's $10,000 worth of free food every month, right? right? So you still have to turn that profit, and the way to do that is to set up the right technologies to allow you to generate revenue, increase sales, and it has to shift to that top line revenue, instead of constantly trying to save every penny and reduce cost down. There's a point and there's a breaking point right. where again, the food cost, you cut it from 30% to 25% because you went to something else and now you're losing customers because of that. When you could have just 
focus on retention to your point and then just drive more revenue where that 5% is just becomes a small part and it just becomes a rounding error. Yeah, yeah. But I wouldn't, I wouldn't wait any longer when it comes to this next level of technology, right? When you're talking about CDPs or personalized marketing automations, mm-hmm. if, if, the, if the restaurant concepts around you have not gotten there yet, they're going to get there soon. Like the I agree. Players, right? We all know about the bigger brands and the portfolio companies that are investing heavily in this right now, but are not necessarily executing on it yet. When that happens, you're going to see more of a market share loss because they're going to have more and more, you know, data that they're actually, you know, it's actionable data that they're actually, you know, putting into, into practice. And so now's the time to get in, get started, get your business operating, learning about who's coming in, sort of treat your people differently based upon their frequency and their spend. And just again, that personalized experience that people will remember. Now's your time to start building on that, knowing that it is coming with the bigger players sooner rather than later. Yeah, I think it's going to be one of those things that you just wake up one day and like, holy smoke, what happened? What you don't realize is that these companies have invested 12 to 18 months building that data. And it's going to take 12 months for, to adjust for seasonality, holidays, Father's Day, Mother's Day, da-da-da-da-da. So you're going to have to spend that 12 months to get a good picture of who the customers are, how often do they come in, what are their favorite items, etc. It's not something that you could come into, like even with us, come into Milagro and say, look, I want to buy the whole thing, and boom, done, tomorrow morning, increase sales 150000 It's going to take time. And by the time you wake up, I, I, say it, I say it this way. I say, look, if you wait 12 months... Your competitor does it today. You wait 12 months to implement that data. You're two years behind because yeah. it's going to take you at least another year. And by the time you get there, it's going to be such a massive upshift and an exponential growth that it's going to put you two years behind. Yeah. You wait 24 months, just two years after your competitor, it, you may not be around and, and to do that. They've created a new expectation for the average guest. That's right. right? They have been now you know, treated in a way that is memorable, and now they want that from everywhere. And if they Correct. They're going to stay loyal to whatever brands are doing that. And so what right now might seem like futuristic discussion is actually going to become table stakes very quickly. I if agree. If you don't have that, you will be overlooked. Yeah, we'll go back to more for that. You know, would you rather walk into your platinum status or just walk in and just be treated like everybody else? You won't. Listen, last night somebody else had done a reservation for me. Thank you for that. Yeah. <laughs> Their status didn't measure up. So I, I, mine does not measure up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I agree. And again, it, it, to your point, it's gonna do that. It's gonna set that stage that he's expecting that treatment, so he's not. If, He's not going to go somewhere else. And if he does go somewhere else and he tries that, it's like, oh, yeah, this just does not measure up. I'm not going to come back here anymore. And that's going to get trained in the end user. And that end user is going to come to expect to deliver that. And if you don't deliver it, you're going to lose that. If the events of the last three years does not, you know, help people understand, it is urgent. I think as 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 a restaurant operator, Understanding who your customers are to the to, to the thoughtful detail that needs to be is critical. It's important. It's not the end of the world, but you have to engage and you have to understand and you have to get ready and start doing it. COVID. I mean, I'm going to go to that COVID era. There was a lot of restaurant brands that did not have digital engagement channels with their customers. And guess what happened within. Two weeks, every single restaurant had to shut their doors. Which ones are the ones that survived? The ones that had the digital channels that could offer <clears throat> delivery and, and pickup experience, and they were able to, most of them were able to survive the time. 
So this is similar. It's, it's like slow. You're not going to realize it. Yeah. And then one day you're going to wake up and say, oh, my gosh, I don't know anything. I don't understand it. And I can't my yeah. yeah. So um, that, that to me was a and, and the ones that didn't have it paid crazy amounts, did whatever they had to get online, but they hadn't created that behavioral experience with their guests. And even though they quickly went up and brought on a third party or put up an online ordering site or a mobile ordering site, their, their customers weren't used to that experience and they, you know. Was Look, we have a perfect example, actually. Like, I was just thinking about that. And you've, you had a lot of restaurants who struggled to stay open. And you had this crazy guy who envisioned a virtual brand. And while everyone else was closing doors, this guy drove a $170 million brand, <laughs> making a, blind, a ton of money. Even a blind school finds a note. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, right? Come on. And I, and I can't take 100. I, like, I, it was a team effort for sure. I agree. Great chefs and, and Steve Provo and a few other guys that had come along. But, I mean, yeah, it was what happened. Mo hit it on the head. We, we had been... Brinker was prepped because we had been prepping for years sure. on the digital experience. We had a database of 10 million people. Wow. So when we hit the wall, we didn't have to go on air and market. We didn't have to try to do the, the locality thing. We just went back to our database, launched a virtual brand and said, we need some more volume come out of these restaurants. And it just took off, right? Sure. And so I think the underlining principle that people miss on the virtual brand, they get so caught up in the sexiness of that new brand it was just finding a way to solve a business problem that we have an underutilized kitchen and it tapped back into knowing your customers and knowing yes. that we had a wing that was great and then right. we could communicate to people that we had a great wing, right? Yeah. Right. I mean, it's the principles we talked about. And it's not that complicated to get started. You know, I think there will be more companies like Milagro who will come along and they'll make it easier and easier. And even today with us, it's not that complicated to start building that customer profile. Uh, the interactions, it's not, it's not cumbersome anymore. It doesn't require a ton of effort on the restaurant tour site. And I think one area that we learned a lesson that we can't just, you can't add any additional burden to have the server input all this information or the hostess to do that, to do this. It had to be automated. And we've done a, I believe we've done a hell of a job automating that and it's going to continue to get even more automated and it's not going to put any burden on the staff, but it's going to give you that crucial piece of information where you can make that decision based on the customer behavior, etc. So it's not complicated to get into that stuff now and it's time to make that move. If you don't, it's going to be catastrophic coming 24 months from now and it just, again, we're on this uptrend exponential growth in this side and I think hospitality is absolutely next. I think what you're trying to say indirectly is that you don't have to invent it. Nope. There's existing right. partnerships like uh, and partners like Milagro that you can chat with and engage with to help you solve for that problem right away. Right. So you've, you've actually made it super easy and it's just one click away. Yeah. And again, build that partnership, build that engagement. What are the challenges you're facing? And what can we do in order to solve those using technology? So. All right, gentlemen, it was a pleasure getting everybody in the same room. Thank you for flying across the entire country and coming down here. Uh,
just uh, 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 continent. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> Absolutely. Kendall, same to you. Thank you. And Wade, uh, hopefully uh, we'll have more of, uh, we'll do more of these and get, get this stuff in and get some feedback from our customers, from uh, all the listeners, viewers, and then just kind of try to come up with these creative solutions, technologies, and, and make it happen. Thank you, guys. Awesome. Stay tuned for the next one. We hope that you found the information to be valuable.